Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in. Our mission is to get you and ourselves out of our comfort zone to explore because that is where real growth happens. We wanna take you along with us on our next adventure. Find out how by going to sirensoapbox.com, click dive in and explore to learn more. Gonna let you guys in on a little secret. The sirens multitask while they read. We do it with Audible. We love exploring all sorts of thoughts and ideas while we're commuting to work or cleaning our house or doing whatever. It's a great way to dive headfirst into adventure while still taking care of business. You can explore www.audibletrial.com slash siren soapbox to receive a free one month trial. You'll get a free credit and full access to all the amazing Audible books Audible has to offer. They even have a reminder before your trial is up, so there is no risk in stepping outside your comfort zone and exploring. However, for today's book, you're going to want to get your paws on a copy because it is beautifully laid out. A few months ago, the Sirens explored a book club, and then we came across the title, Reclaim Your Wild. Instantly, we were intrigued, and the green goddess on the cover added to this mysterious adventure that we could not wait to explore. The full title is Reclaim Your Wild, Strengthen Your Body, Nurture Your Soul, and Unleash Your Authentic Self on this 30-day walk about yoga journey by Tracy Weber. We talk all about synchronicities on this podcast all the time, and this book has plenty of them. Right from the get-go, in the opening of the introduction, quote, go way out of your comfort zone, and ending the introduction with, you could incorporate that sense of freedom and adventure into your everyday life without uprooting yourself. This is everything Siren Soapbox stands for, exploring outside your comfort zone from anywhere in the world, regardless of resources. We knew we had to dive in. Let's find out how the Siren's 30-day journey went. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. 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 (laughs) First up on her soapbox is Murph. My favorite new yoga pose is the cobbler supine. I think it's supine pose. I have some occasional pain in my hips and this particular pose really helps stretch out my hips and it felt so relaxing. Thanks to Reclaim Your Wild, I learned which chakras each pose works on. So with this new knowledge, I found that the poses I prefer the most are those that affect the root chakra, whether it be activating or relaxing. Each day of this journey, we learned a new yoga pose, were challenged to complete an activity, then given a journal prompt. I don't really know how to answer the question about which day um, activity or pose made me feel most connected to my wild. I felt a sacred connection with each of the activities I completed. And I think practicing lion pose was a ridiculous amount of fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it felt uh, really good to practice tree pose out in the woods with the trees as well. I'll admit though that I didn't complete all of the activities in the book because it is frigid here and some of the activities just don't make sense in the snow. 
practicing the standing back bend was out of my comfort zone in that it was an uncomfortable pose for me. But that stretch came along that stretch that came along with it sure felt really good. The biggest challenge for me was completing the activity is when it was so cold here. I've decided that I'm going to complete this journey again during my birthday month, which is in April. I'm going to combine some of the activities though, and maybe I'll complete the days out of order, but the goal is to complete every one of them, every one of the activities between the 1st and the 30th of April. I won't take a break from the book until then though, because it's full of so many great ideas and tools for staying grounded. In fact, my favorite thing about this walkabout yoga journey is all of the activities Tracy challenges her readers to complete. Each one is thoughtful and designed to help the reader create a deeper connection with mother nature and in turn, a deeper connection with oneself. I also love that the book reminded me how much I love yoga. Gosh, I forgot about that. The best part for me is that the lessons and new poses are delivered in little bite-sized chunks, little lessons to inspire your day. And I'm looking forward to continuing this journey. Sara, did you find a new favorite pose? Well, my favorite yoga pose by far was the lion pose. It was crazy wild and I loved how fierce it made me feel. I actually enjoyed this whole day the best. It was a day that we were to find our spirit animal and I'm pretty sure my spirit animal is a cat of some kind, which is probably what made me connect with the lion pose. And I've talked about my relationship with cats here before and how they're my favorite animal and how I find them everywhere I go, especially when I was on vacation as a kid. Even as an adult, I still find all the cats or they find me. <clears throat> so I love reclaiming this part of my wild side. I did a little reading about what having a cat as your spirit animal can mean and many of the qualities felt spot on. For example, the cat spirit animal reminds you to get out in the world and explore your curiosities. That sure fits here. Independence and protection of loved ones were another couple of examples that definitely felt right. So this was my favorite part of the project by far. I think the yoga poses in general push me the furthest out of my comfort zone. I mean, literal physical comfort zone. My joints, ligaments, and tendons are about as flexible as steel. So yoga can actually hurt. Now I know that if I stick with it and practice every day, that would get better, but I just never have taken the time to do that. And what I've learned this past month though, is that there are some poses that can really help loosen my hamstrings. And I'd like to work on making time in my day to fit those in and the lion pose, that's gotta be part of my everyday. I have a ton of other favorite parts, so many that I really had trouble picking which to mention. I loved the idea of listening with dog's ears, which describes the importance of making listening just as important as being heard. It was just last week when we were talking about meditating, when I talked about how hard is it, it is for me to get my mind to be quiet. So I really liked the tune in and listen activity, listening with curiosity and not with the need to respond and thinking about what I saw when I was listening was a really interesting way to quiet my mind. As expected though, my mind did wander to worrying, but by concentrating on listening instead of being quiet, I was able to refocus. This was a pretty cool experience for me. Some final thoughts. Winter was really not a great time to think about packing the old backpack and heading out for a hike. I look, I'd read that part every single time and say, mm, no, I don't think so. There's a lot of snow out there and it's about 15 degrees. So, um, I went on exactly none of those hikes, but I still got a lot out of this journey and I really can't wait for warm weather to go out on some, if not all of those hikes. What I really enjoyed though, is that you didn't have to go on those hikes because I enjoyed reading about what those hikes were supposed to mean. And even if I wasn't able to go out on the hike, I was able to 
get everything that I think I was supposed to get. Jess, I bet you were able to go on a few of those hikes, weren't you, Miss Hawaii? I was, but that was one of my favorite parts of this is that it had me, it gave me different ideas for exploring the island, not just, oh, go do this thing. It was go do this thing and experience it, you know, how you interpret. So that was a lot of fun. I am a total newbie to yoga. So this whole activity was pretty out of my comfort zone, but I really enjoyed how the workshop broke down each pose so I could follow along. I felt like I didn't need to look up YouTube videos to learn how to do them, which I do with a lot of things. I also enjoyed the different ways of ex exploring the island. I think my favorite activity was stargazing because the stars are really clear at my apartment. So I don't have all the light pollution where I'm used to and I was seeing different parts of constellations that I don't usually get to see. So that was a lot of fun. My most uncomfortable pose was really any on one foot. I have broken both of my ankles multiple times. So any sort of balance is really not a thing that I can do, but I did love most of the tasks. And overall, I had a wonderful time and I'll probably do the whole workbook over again now that I am getting more familiar with the island and also when I feel like I need to focus on self-care, which is one of my vision board topics for this year. So yet another synchronicity coming into play. Elsie, how was discovering your wild in the middle of winter? <laughs> well, for anyone that knows me, it's not a surprise at all that winter is my least favorite month. I need the sun and warmth. I do get seasonal depression and January was the perfect time of year to reclaim my wild. It's a little difficult, I must admit, but I did have to plan ahead of time and I was able to get them all in. Thankfully, we vacationed a few days in Crystal River, Florida to swim with the manatees and that was the perfect time to put my toes in the sand, lay on the ground, gaze at the stars and do some of the other activities that required an ex extended period of time outside. The warrior pose made me feel so in touch with my true wild side. That's day 30, um, warrior one. So I felt so assertive and strong when I do that pose, just like Wonder Woman. I literally feel the boost of self-confidence when I do that pose. The most difficult pose for me was on day eight, dancer's pose. I had a long list of things to do that day and I knew if I didn't complete my activity in the morning, it wouldn't get done. So I did the pose with the leg stability of a toddler or a drunk on top of a parking garage in Kenwood in about 15 degrees, right next to I-71. But you know what? I got it done. And if people thought I was weird, who cares? I claim my wild that day. My favorite activities were collecting rocks, which I did with the aid of a UV light so that they glow and making my medicine bag. What I love about the book is that it's not a one and done journey. I'm excited to pick this up back up again in the spring, summer, and in autumn. It'll be a whole new experience to explore Reclaim My Wild while Mother Earth is in bloom, when all the foliage is green, and then again when the leaves become all the wonderful warm rustic shades and start to fall. When I'm not feeling my wild goddess self, and for whatever reason cannot commit to the full 30 days, I'm gonna try and do a number generator between one and 30 and let the universe decide which activity I need. Did you reclaim your wild, TC? I feel like I reclaimed my wild several times during this journey. My favorite activities were the simple ones, the ones we should all be doing often, but forget, <clears throat> forget to take the time to do. 
until we challenge ourselves to do a 30-day walkabout yoga journey. I loved the stargazing night. I live up on a mountain where lots and lots of stars are visible each night. It was fun to sit outside in the patio and just gaze up at the stars with Dino and point things out to each other. We resisted the urge to open the star app and have everything we looked at named. This was about getting back to nature, back to wild after all. As we were gazing, Dino mentioned that sometimes gazing at all the stars reminds him just how small we are. It also reminds me that I'm part of something really huge. But my favorite day, the day that made me feel closest to my wild was day four. I loved the burning ceremony. And I love that I meant it when I released things that night. I let go of the urge to say negative or judgmental things about people. I also decided to let go of self-doubt. This one is still a work in progress, but I have kicked the judgmental talk habit and that feels great. Savasana is my favorite yoga pose. I know that sounds ridiculous, laying on the ground like a corpse, but it usually comes at the end of the yoga session. I lay there and feel good about the practice I just participated in. The last yogi I practiced with would come around to each person with some kind of oil and pull on your head to lengthen your spine while you were in this pose. I felt a part of everyone in the room. I felt loved and cared for. Out of my comfort zone, wandering somewhere I've never been without my cell phone. I have a horrible sense of direction, so leaving the wandering to chance makes me uncomfortable. Maybe I have identified a new fear to face. I loved the simplicity of this book. There were a few days that required a bit of pre-planning and collecting things, but for the most part, all you had to do was walk outside. All you needed was your own body, clothed or not, and an open mind. The author, Tracy Weber, created beauty with simplicity. Tracy Weber was born in Greenwich, Connecticut, and grew up in Port Chester, New York. Tracy is an innovative yogi, founder and owner of Walkabout Yoga LLC, and the author of Reclaim Your Wild, a guidebook and a trail map to one's natural, authentic self. Tracy understands the value of yoga in one's life as she credits yoga with saving her own. You might think she takes yoga seriously, and I guess you could say she does, but in a very playful and non-serious way. She wrote Reclaim Your Wild with the goal of helping others find yoga and refine themselves. As she describes, the book is a chance to help people transform and flourish, to find their true nature, their true wild, and their true self. The more we learn about Tracy, the more we feel like she's already a friend, and we can't wait to get to know her better. We're grateful for that opportunity today. Please join me in welcoming Tracy Weber to Siren Soapbox. Welcome, Tracy. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, everybody. Well, wow. Um, uh, It is such an honor to be here. And I have to tell you, I am so humbled, teary-eyed, listening to you guys talk about my book and what it meant to you. It's overwhelming. Um, This is exactly what I wanted to have this book do for people, do for women. And um, I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories with me. Really, whoo, gosh, it's gonna take me a second to get over this. Um, (laughs) I really, really appreciate it. It's um, so humbling and magnificent. And um, wow, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us and for sharing sharing your book with the world. That's 
I really am enjoying this and I can't not wait to continue working through it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, being, you know, that it's winter time makes it a little bit challenging. Some of the things and some of the tasks the day, you know, eating peaches in the rain. Well, perhaps the day that you are reading it, it's not raining out. Um, so you do have to sort of, um, kind of pick and choose. And I really like the idea, um, of coming back to the book as often as needed, you know, like yoga, it's, it's a process. It's a practice. You know, um, somebody once asked me, well, how do you know that you've reclaimed your wild? Well, you might get glimpses of it, but it's something that you have to work on constantly. And that's just like a yoga practice. Um, so I love hearing that you are going to come back in, in the different seasons and explore the book and the activities and, you know, see what it's like to be out hiking in, in um, you know, October when it's so beautiful and the leaves are falling or, you know, stargazing at different times of the years to see the different constellations. Uh, the other night, it's so interesting. I was out for a walk with my husband and we actually live in kind of a, kind of a, um, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of, a lot of light pollution where we live, but all of a sudden we were walking and I saw the seven sisters. And I don't know if you know what the seven sisters constellation is, um, but it's literally a little cluster of seven stars and the seven star is really hard to see. And I haven't seen it in years. And I was so excited. I said, Paul, my husband's name is Paul. I said, Paul, well, look, there's the seven sisters. It's like, okay, well, great. <laughs> great for you, seven sisters. I don't even know what that means. Um, but it was kind of exciting. So, you know, to just, just explore life with, with, with sort of new eyes all the time is kind of exciting. And I think this book sort of does that for people, gives you a chance to look at things differently. It doesn't. And Tracy, I ate grapes in the shower. Oh, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> Love it's, it. It's, it's still, it, it felt fun and different and it felt yeah. really good. So yeah. I felt like I'm getting the right spirit of the book anyway. There you go. That's right. You know, you can, you can reclaim your wild as you see fit, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As I was writing through my soapbox and looking through the things that I didn't do, some of these things I could have accomplished, like for example, the uh, toes and the, I don't remember what day it was, but the toes day, I mean, it was really too cold in January to go outside and put your toes in the grass, but I could have done it in my living room carpet. So I did today. And that reminded me that my favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard, the, you know, the, the guy runs around barefoot the entire movie because he was doing that. He was scrunching yeah. the carpet in his toes and grounding himself. Love it. So, Mer, I know you said it's too cold, but it used to be a Christmas tradition. My brother would uh, make us all go walk in the snow barefoot, oh and he would talk about George Washington in the crossing of the river. The Delaware. Thank you. <laughs> he, like it, he, we, we would stop at corners, and we would all have to stand, which was the worst part, the standing, and he would tell these stories. But then it would quit hurting and you would get back and it hurt to get them warm again. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you have a mean big brother. So <laughs> were we talking about back in Bill's day with Washington? Oh. <laughs> Wait, is, is this the same, the same brother Bill. that hates the cold and that would never go outside in the cold with bare feet? Yeah. Right now? Hmm. Yep. 
Interesting. Interesting. Did he go out there with you or did he just make you go out there and do it? No, he told the story. He had at each corner we stopped and he would talk oh. about but was all Bill barefoot? Yeah, yeah, we were all barefoot. Oh. Oh, stupid. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> Not a tradition I want to participate in. The other, the other day I really liked was I Spy in the Sky, where um, the, the challenge was to look up at the clouds. Mm. Um, because I love to start my morning on the, the deck. We have a deck that overlooks the sea, but there are clouds. And so we'll sit there, I'll drink my coffee, and we'll talk about the shapes of the clouds. So when I got to this page, I was like, yes, I do this all the time. I love this. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh man, I know. I um ha huh. I so I I wrote this challenge um about five years ago. And um okay well let me let me start it let me start all over. Um so I started walk about yoga my 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 yoga business 7 years ago in 2014. And a couple of years in I I decided to share this challenge for free with my you know 200 person constant contact email list. And um it's just I don't know it just was something that I thought about um wanted to help these women that were coming to my class just to sort of dig a little deeper into themselves, you know, get a little closer to nature. Um, you know, those are the things I love. I love yoga. I love being outside. I love nature, love animals. And I knew that there was some kind of a way to sort of blend these things together as an offering to help women, you know, just sort of find themselves again. And um, so I did this, I gave it for free. It was very, very sort of poorly done, you know, the, the photographs were just whatever. Um, but I gave it to them for free. I had a few people sign up and, you know, they enjoyed it. And then that was sort of the end of it. Um, until June of 2020. And I decided that I needed to get away. And I went camping by myself in um, Shigatig, Virginia. And I don't know if you know where this place is. It's a coastal, right off the coast of Virginia, there are these two like barrier islands called Assateague and Shigatig. Do you ever read the book Misty of Shigatig when you were a kid? That's what I say. Oh. It's where the horses are. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. So that's the exact place. So as a, as a young family, my husband and I and our daughter would go camping at this particular campground right on Assateague, or no, on Shigatig called Maddox. And it was right there on the border. We crossed the bridge. That's where the wild ponies were, the little island that they that they run around on. And they're so beautiful. They're free and you see them all over the place. So we used to go a lot as a, as a young family. Loved it. We'd go for a week at a time camping in a tent. Um, so I decided during COVID, during that really poor, you know, really bad lockdown that I need, I had to get out. I had to go someplace. I was feeling caged. Um, and I decided to go camping there by myself and everything was still pretty much in lockdown. Um, we could go camping and, you know, everybody's socially distanced and stuff. And while I was there, I went riding on my bike and I was asking the universe to help me figure out a way that I could take all the things that I loved and offer it to women and, and, you know, be helpful, change and affect lives but also still make some money at the same time. I mean, you do have to pay bills. So I was on this bike ride for about an hour and a half, nothing, no signs from, from the universe. There were no lightning bolts. There were no trees dropping. Um, I was like, okay, so I go back to my tent and I look at my phone and my friend who 
opened up a publishing company, a boutique publishing company, texted me and said, hey, do you want to make that challenge you did a couple of years ago into a book? And wow. I was <laughs> like, hell yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Literally, that's how it happened. I mean, I, you know, as you probably read or, you know, realized from reading about me in my book, I barely, legit barely got out of high school. Writing a book was never something that I ever thought, never crossed my mind. It never crossed my mind. And here it was um, and got home and we immediately started right on it. And it was one of the scariest, most beautiful experiences I ever had. And I, and I continue to say to this day that, that just writing this book and if I affect five beautiful women, you know, if I change something in them, that that's it. That's that's all I needed. I don't need to sell. It'd be nice to sell 100 million copies, but I don't need that. This experience has been so humbling and overwhelming from start to finish. Um, yeah, and so that's. I mean, that's how it happened. That's legitimately how it happened. Do you have any plans for a second book? Um, I have some some things sort of floating around in there that, you know, three o'clock in the morning sound like really good ideas. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the light of the day, you're like, oh, I don't know if that'll work, but I do have um, <clears throat> reclaim your wild workshops, retreats that are in the process of being available to people. Um, I'm, I'm finishing up the, the program, the itinerary um, about the days. I'm not sure if it's going to be a half day or a full day. Um, I've got all my marketing ready to go, uh, everything to ship to these different places like Omega and Kripalu and, you know, these different very yogi kind of, you know, retreat places <laughs> um, and offer, offer um, a retreat day with me. And probably what it'll be is um, to do day one with me. Goddess pose, We'll go on yoga hikes, you know, go on a hike and do yoga as we're hiking. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. I love teaching workshops. Um, and I think that this one will be really, really powerful. So yay, look for it. It's coming out. That's exciting. Yeah. You could do a whole series on reclaiming your wild in, in, the, in the cold temperatures. I will have to think about that. Well, we, we, <laughs> We, we, last, so last year we did a lot of yoga in the winter during, again, during the lockdown, I, cause I, part of my, part of my yoga business is, is hiking yoga classes. Uh, so maybe I'll come to St. Croix and do a, do a retreat there. Um, but we did, we were out hiking in the winter way into January last year, um, because people were really looking for a community and, you know, things to do together that were safe. And that was something, um, Snoga, man, we were all out there in our lined fleeces, gloves, hats. I should, I should share some pictures of, of this with you guys. Cause it was, um, <clears throat> it was really, really powerful. Uh, yeah. Well, people say that it's not, it's not the weather, it's the gear. I don't know. Hmm. I, I just love like the name of that, Snoga. Mark would be a good, uh, good date for St. Croix. I'm in. <laughs> I'll go. Yep. Most of the sirens are coming to visit in March, so come on down. Is that right? I actually currently have a visitor right now who I met as a guest on our podcast, and, and she, she and her boyfriend are down here visiting right now. 
Okay, well, let me just jot that down. Okay. <laughs> Usually this is way further in the right. conversation. That TC starts inviting people to our island. <laughs> no, but seriously, come on down. I have space. Wow, okay. I will completely keep that in my back pocket for sure. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, writing another book. I'm, um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, and speaking of, speaking of that, I, um, it's right here, um, wanted to show you, um, as I mentioned in the book, that one of the things that saved me as a young kid was this book by Richard Hittleman that I still have. Oh, wow. yeah. 28 Days to Yoga, uh, 20, uh, Yoga 28 Day Exercise Plan. And for me, it's all, it's all in black and white. I don't know if you guys can see, um, but I... I adored this, this uh, model, her name's Cheryl. I, I desperately, desperately wanted to be this woman. And if you think about it, I kinda, I kinda am. Like one of my dreams actually came true because now I have my own book that is, you know, I'm modeling in it. I am this yeah. model. And that to me, when I, when I first made that realization, I burst into tears. I was like, wow, this woman saved my life and now now I'm kind of this woman and am I helping people in that same way? That's my hope, you know? So I found that to be really interesting and not something that um, was in the, like, that I planned, you know, it just sort of like serendipity, it just sort of synchronicity. It just kind of happened that way. So um, it's a really good book. It's a really good book. That was like your very first ever vision board. Yeah. That yoga yeah. book. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I used, I was 10, uh, well, 12, I think when this, when I was um, discovered this book and I don't even know how I discovered it. And I would literally get, stand in the mirror and I put the leotard on and I would, you know, pretend like I was her with the hair and everything. And um, yeah, I think you're right. Well, it definitely, it definitely planted a seed. Um, and like I said, it, it's, it's, this was one of the things that literally saved me as a, as a young troubled teenager. Well, for, 30 days, five of us were pretending to be you. <laughs> like, <See>? Man, <laughs> I wish that I could do that pose as well as she can. Now, are, is that oh, you God. on the cover? No, and it's so funny. It like um, it could be. It, yes, and if you were to see my daughter, um, her name's Camden, this looks so much like her that people who know her say, oh, that's Camden on the cover. I mean, with the cheekbones and and all that stuff. This was actually, we got off of like um, stockphotos.com or something. We bought this, we bought this photo for, I hate to even say it, for like $30 or something. We just fell in love with her when we saw her. She just kind of encompassed all the wildness and, and colorful. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny. She, she, uh, she resembles me. She does. I resemble her. So which day really gets you out of your comfort zone, Tracy? Um, let's see, I'm going to say, um, day 13, um, about becoming a birder. Oh, I yeah. am oh, yeah. terrified of birds. Um, I am terrified of birds. And in the book, I describe what happened to me when I was, um, traveling cross country, my friend and I, we stopped in Arizona. Um, I can't remember the town right now, but we went to a aviary and I had never been in an, an aviary I didn't even know what it was 
Um, and as soon as I walked in, um, I panicked and the birds knew it and decided that they were going to have an issue with me. And I went screaming out of the aviary is how you say it, the aviary, um, and never liked birds since. Um, mm -hmm. So I, they're beautiful. I appreciate them. I love practicing eagle pose. Um, but oh, oh, isn't that a beautiful posture? Yeah, I, I love it. I do love it. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan of birds, although I really am interested in people that are birders that, that, you know, they find, they find their, their life, their lifetime birds and, you know, all the different language, the different, uh, vocabulary that they use, uh, around birds and watching birds. I go down to the Audubon center and I try and, you know, take some classes and find a connection with them, but I just way outside my comfort zone, way, way, way. So, yeah. We have an so episode where, with Drin. Exactly. I was going to say we did an episode where we talked with um, an ornithologist, right? Yeah. Um, Bird Lady Drin. And so we, we spent a week listening and identifying, listening for and identifying birds in our area. And That's then we did an episode cool. on that. See, I find that fascinating. I think that is extremely great. And, you know, as long as they're really far away, <laughs> don't come swooping and diving i'm fine with that um so we have we have egrets here and they they nest at a certain time of year and they build these really elaborate nests and um so there was one at the beginning i guess it was in the springtime um that is on my walk and one of the ladies from the audubon center she was a tracker and she was there watching them and she let me look through her big long telescope and it's really fascinating to see that the, the mother and the father are there and there's only one egg or one baby. Um, and that was really, really interesting. So I get the whole um, intrigue of, of watching birds and documenting them and the snowy owls that show up and how exciting all that is. But I just don't need them near me. Just don't need them near me. <laughs> Probably for the same reason why Sarah doesn't like sharks when she's diving. Uh, yeah. Cause they can come at you at it, like any angle. <laughs> angle. Yes, yes, yes. And you can't trust them and they're just fast and yeah, not good. Oh. The birds can't get your toes as easily as the sharks can though. That is true. I don't know. Have you ever been chased by like ducks or geese? Oh. They, that's kind of they're terrifying. Swans, yeah. terrifying. Yeah. They'll get your toes. Uh, get your, Canada, your Achilles tendon. Oh, oh. I have, I'm not a shark fan either. So um, that definitely won't be one of my days if I do another book. Go swim with the sharks. <laughs> I can guarantee that that won't be one of the activities. <laughs> so peaceful though. <laughs> yeah. Now I was going to say my, my spirit animal, I think is becoming birds. I would have said turtles, but I think I'm, oh. I'm slowly becoming a, a bird spirit animal. What Sarah said, she's cats. What other spirit animals did we have? I'm pretty sure that I'm still an octopus. That's cool. I even have a little octopus charm in my medicine bag to remind me of my spirit animal. Yeah. That's beautiful. I have I have my spirit animal in my medicine bag too. Yeah. It's right here. Uh, let's see. So. I, I do have a turtle in my spirit bag too. <laughs> I know, just <laughs> like mine, actually. That's right. Oh my God. I Except love it. Actually, mine says lucky. What does yours say? Mine says live, love, laugh. Yeah. 
Beautiful. That's amazing. Hang on, let me see what I have in mind. I've got something in here, hold on. I think, what did I put in here? Oh, I have an elephant. Is that your spirit animal? I think it must have been when I when I put it in here, but now I'm not so sure. But look at how cute that is. Oh, is I'm, so I'm so happy that you guys made your medicine bag. <laughs> you did. You're so special. It was one of my favorite activities, I think. Yeah. And I keep adding to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Do you guys all want to pull something out and tell why it's in there? If yes. You want. Oh, that's right. such a good idea. Well, mm. They already heard about my octopus. Oh yeah, and my turtle. So I do have a piece of sea glass. To, <gasps> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> to keep me connected to the sea. Uh -huh. And I have a kindness coin to remember to always be gentle and kind. Beautiful. I have some uh, Ganesha's, Lord of Obstacles. Yes. Oh, I believe and, uh, I don't have a Ganesh in mine. That's crazy. And my siren soapbox keychain. Oh, I have a siren perfect. soapbox pin. Yep, I got that too. Whatever. Why don't I have a pen? I have <laughs> dice because I love to play. <laughs> and one die is orange because that's my favorite color. And the other die is blue because that's Dean's favorite color. Oh, I love that. That is so special. I love it. I got sea glass too. And I also have a blue marble from when I did a dive for, oh gosh, he wrote blue mind, but he came to my aquarium and I got to do a dive for him. And he gave me a blue marble and my son a blue marble because he raised money for sea turtle conservation. So that's oh, that's cool. That's, special. that's so cool. Love it. I have a ring that says happy because, you know, I'm happy. That's, so happy. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, how thoughtful. Wow. Yeah, that was one of my favorite of activities. Yeah, I really liked this one too. I couldn't wait. As soon as I read it, well, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this, this, I'm yeah. gonna put this. <laughs> well, I love, I love mine so much because it's, it's, it's gives me power um, and it helps me feel just grounded and connected. So it's like a touchstone, like a talisman to me. Um, and when I, I, I don't wear it all the time, um, but I do wear it when I'm doing something that I, that I need strength for. So I have it on tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, I wear it um, just when I need to feel, just, just to have that, that, that sort of strength from my ancestors to kind of guide me through things and to give me that, that support and the strength. So I love it. It means a lot. And I don't know, you know, I mean, did you know about medicine bags before? No. Child, right? It's, it's such an interesting thing. It's just a, um, you know, an ancient huh, tool. It's beautiful. Yeah, really I cool. had never heard of one before yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. fun about them. Wasn't Dean afraid of what you were going to do with your medicine bag, TC? <laughs> yeah, because, well, that's <laughs> actually pretty funny because I wanted a puppy. And guess what? I now have <coughs> a puppy. <laughs> talk, talk about your powerful medicine bag. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, that is powerful. Yay. When I was looking for things to put in my medicine bag through different stages of my life, I have little collections of things that remind me of who I was. And I'm like, well, now I have a name to put to it now. I've been doing it all along. I never knew that it's called a medicine bag. So I thought That's that was really neat. Perfect. 
well, I wonder if you can do medicine bags, you know, um, associated with certain times of your life, like with, like with your collections, maybe there's, you know, the, the, I don't know, you know, medicine bag associated with your childhood or your teenage years or whatever. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 A little time capsule. That's what I was thinking. Time capsule. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Tracy, how do you know if you've lost your wild and what would you tell people who are afraid to reclaim it? Well, I think that when you're, when you're not sort of free and wild, um, you hold back. I think that you um, end up being sort of silenced. Um, you're not seen. Perhaps you stay in, stay in a toxic relationship, whether it's with a friend, a spouse, or a family member. Um, you don't listen to your intuition, you doubt yourself, uh, which gosh, I mean, I think that we all have those, those experiences, those thoughts and feelings throughout our lives. And like I said earlier, you know, reclaiming your wild is not a one and done deal, just like yoga. It's a constant uh, evolution. And, um, you know, looking at yourself, maybe you're a people pleaser. All of these things are, are, not being true to yourself, you know, not being true to um, what your birthright is. I mean, we are all born to be happy and authentic and to be ourselves, um, to, to, you know, feel um, just to sort of live in our own dignity and find, um, find power in that. Um, so I think, you know, you know, valuing, valuing our dignity, um, women, you know, knowing what their worth is, knowing what their strengths are and knowing what their weaknesses are, because we all have that. It's a balance. Um, I, I, I think the hardest thing is to just take the first step. So and being afraid is OK. Right. Being afraid to the point of, you know, being disabled. That's not cool. But being afraid, being a little hesitant, being, um, you know, tentative, I think all of those things are okay um, and they belong, but it's literally just taking that first step. That's the hardest part. Um, you know, don't be afraid of the things that you'll find. I mean, I found reclaiming my wild, I found lots of times that I was sad and, and realizations about, you know, things that happened in my past. Those are hard to deal with. Um, but again, you have to have some suffering in life. You know, I mean, you're going to, there's no, there's no way around it. People are going to suffer. That's part of what life is, but it's knowing how to sort of suffer better. Um, yoga teaches us how to suffer better. Reclaiming your wild teaches you how to, um, how to get through that suffering and find your authentic self. So um, I don't know. I think, I think, the sirens are reading untamed next. Is that correct? Did I see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are. Powerful, powerful book. Uh, there's a, there's in, in uh, Glennon Doyle, one of the things that she says a lot is we can do hard things and we can do hard things. Uh, they might not be easy, right? But we can do hard things. And uh, that's something that I have really, really 
uh, made a mantra of mine is that we can do hard things. I can do hard things. Uh, Reclaim Your Wild gives you tools to help with that. Yoga gives you tools to help with that. So it's just about getting started, really, I think. Yeah. You know, I was telling, um, I was telling a couple people that some of the activities in, in this book remind me of a time that I reclaimed myself or reclaimed mm-hmm. my wild. I was coming out of a very toxic relationship. Um, and it, part of sometimes toxic relationships, part of that process is to be isolated or become isolated, allow somebody else to isolate you. Yes. And so yes. when I started coming back out of that relationship, I decided that um, I needed to do three things. One was get to know myself again, get to know my friends and Mm -hmm. family again, and then get to know my community. When I was in the get to know myself phase, I spent a lot of time in the woods and I would take my shoes off. There was a bench. It was actually a rock, but uh, it was, it was flat like a bench. And I would sit on that rock and take my shoes off and just kind of curl my toes around in the dirt and the leaves and, it's so, so many parts of this book remind me of that moment. I think it would be a really powerful book to give to somebody who was going through that process of coming out of, coming out of whatever they needed Mm -hmm. to come out of Mm -hmm. and sort of reclaiming themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you forget, but it's interesting that you sort of, you sort of intuitively knew, let me go to the woods. Let me take my shoes off. This is going to help. And it does help. You know, being in the woods, the, the ground, it's all nurturing. Mother Earth nurtures you. She takes away the stuff that's bad. You just have to know to go ahead and do that and be receptive to it. That's amazing that you did that. Well, some of it, I really thought when I would go on those hikes that I would listen to music and that the music would help with the healing. But what I found was the music was an escape and I had yeah. to turn the music off and just be. Yeah. Just kind of be in the woods and be with my thoughts and listen to the birds and the leaves when they were being blown about. Whispering to you. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. It's true. No, you know, music's a distraction. You, uh, it's really important to be, to use all of your senses when you're out there in nature, whether you're on the beach by yourself or, you know, hiking, using all of those, um, those senses, they're tools. They're, you know, they're helping you absorb all of the good stuff. So uh, yeah, being, you know, looking on your phone, listening to music, those are distracting, but they're, they're taking you out of, out of that natural environment um, where all the good stuff happens. Yeah. Well, Elsie, what is it that you, you say that uh, come to the quiet that was kind of your, your focus for a while. Yeah, that was too. a retreat that I did was, um, focusing on coming to the quiet and God, that is so hard to do is trying yeah. to find quiet pockets. And this book really helps you to set that side, that time aside and be intentional in, in doing those things. Yeah. It's really interesting how, um, you know, whether people call it coming to your quiet or meditation, Glennon Doyle called it something different, her knowing she calls it her knowing You'll, you're going to love that book when you read it. It is fabulous. Um, And, um, but it's interesting how, you know, the mind, how the mind works, right? You have this crazy monkey mind. There's all of these monkeys just banging around in there and thinking all these thoughts and doubts and to-do lists and all this stuff. And, you know, meditation is not necessarily 
or knowing or coming to your quiet, it's not necessarily not thinking about anything, right? That's impossible to do. We have, I don't know, 70 million thoughts, 70,000 million thoughts a day, whatever the number is. But what, what meditation does is it teaches you to recognize that you're, that you're going off, right? You're on that wild horse screeching down the, you know, uh, down the street. And um, it teaches you to recognize that you're doing that and then simply bring yourself back, whether it's back to quiet, back to your breath, back to a mantra. So no matter how many times the mind does it, you're trained to just come back. And what ultimately ends up happening is the times, and I always say, I always mess up the way I explain this, the times between your coming back and, and the mind racing again, it gets longer. So say when you start meditating, it happens 500 times in the time that you're meditating. The more you meditate and practice, so maybe that'll happen 200 times. So the length of, of that stillness, that knowing, that quiet becomes longer and longer, periods. And that's, that's what you're looking for. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I know when I did my teacher training, when we started to meditate, I literally thought my hair was going to catch on fire and I was going to scream as I ran out of the building because I didn't understand. Like I thought that I was supposed to just like nothing, like silence, darkness. That's not what it is at all. It's a simple knowing coming back, always coming back to the big breaths that you're taking, just focusing on the way it feels in your body. Um, yeah, it's, and, I, and I, I wish that I had, that was explained to me initially. It was not explained to me, so I didn't know. Um, but uh, it's powerful stuff. It's really powerful stuff. Do you guys meditate? Do anybody enjoy meditating or? We did an episode on meditation and we each found that we can come to meditative states in different ways. Like for me, diving yeah. is very meditative. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends who like to take yeah. pictures while diving. I don't, I just yeah. like to feel the water on my skin and yeah. And yeah. Well, that's problems. the thing too. You know, people think that you have to sit, um, you know, on a meditation cushion and just sit still and, and not move. And that's one way to meditate, but you can meditate as you're walking in the forest. You can meditate mm -hmm. as you're diving. It's just that, that, that awareness, right. Of being present, right. You're totally present when you're diving. Um, I'm totally present when I'm hiking or, um, you know, even, even teaching, a, even teaching a yoga class, I'm so present that that's almost meditative. Um, you know, you can, you can become, and you can get into a meditative state by um, um, doing like a yoga nidra class where it's a guided meditation, where someone is guiding you. There's, you know, there's all different kinds of guided meditations, but that's a meditation as well. So if one doesn't work for you, there are so many other options. It's simply being present, coming back home, constantly coming back home, not worrying about the future, not worrying about the past. None of that matters. It's just right here. Um, yeah, powerful stuff. Really powerful. We did another episode on this app that's called Luminate. And the mm. idea behind the app, it's like a, a psychedelic. It, it's, it's supposed to bring on feelings of, somebody help me, tag, I'm out. <laughs> it is a, uh, it's supposed to give you a dreamlike state. And it is almost is like being on LSD is what I was going to just say that that's what yeah. yeah that's what it kind of sounds like yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be hallucinogenic and, yeah and through the what, use what, of light and sound 
light and but sound. Legal. That's what I was going to say. What, how, how is it, how does it get you to that point? Light and sound. That's pretty cool. What's it called? Luminate. Luminate. It was really yeah. cool. It was last week's episode. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to look at it. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. They're, they're actually using LSD in a lot of different studies now. I don't know if you guys have read about any of that stuff, but a um, little bit. Yeah. I've read about uh, psilocybin, which I guess right, is right, similar, right, right. That's very, that's it's, you know, it's really interesting. Um, but I think I'll just stick with yoga. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I think Tracy on LSD would be really kind of a little hard to handle. <laughs> no, oh man, wow, that's cool. stuff. Oh, well, we're going <laughs> to. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to end the episode at some point. And this I... is that point. We're going to leave our listeners with a challenge to go for a walk in a new park or check out a new trail and practice the tree pose while walking amongst them. Tell us all about your adventure by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the social medias. Tracy, thank you so much for sharing this journey with all of us. Thank you. It's been a wonderful experience. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you. This has been such a pleasure to, to hang with you and chat and just get to know each other. Um, you can find me. My website is walkaboutyoga.net. I teach in Milford. Connecticut on the beach. Um, look out for retreats. I will be doing um, one day, half day, uh, Reclaim Your Wild retreats at some beautiful locations coming up soon. So keep your eyes out for that. Awesome. Thank Looking you. forward to that. Yay. <laughs> and thank you, Sirens, for sharing your experience with Reclaim Your Wild. Thank you, fellow explorers, for listening to this episode. You can find a link to Tracy Weber's website on our website, sirensoapbox.com, and check out our blog for pictures of our walkabout yoga journey and the link to this YouTube video, plus so much more. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.